0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture is taken from the book of Luke in the New Testament. It's chapter 23, verse 43, which says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Of course, when Jesus quotes these words, he's on the cross. And one of the criminals who were being crucified with Jesus asked for him to remember him in paradise. Of course, Jesus promised him that he would be with Jesus in paradise. It's very interesting that this thief on the cross, this murderer, this criminal didn't go to church, didn't have the possibility of being baptized. The only thing that the criminal did was he exercised faith in Jesus. And we believe that faith alone in Christ alone Uh, brings us salvation. If we truly believe that Jesus died for our sins, that he bore our sins in his own body as he hung on the tree, he took our place, and he rose from the dead on the third day. If we believe these things, then we're a child of God. We have eternal life, and God will watch over us, bless us, and use us as we continue to walk with him and seek his face and do his will.
1: Welcome again to Global Times. And this week we'll continue our interview with the St. Fars, our missionaries to Haiti. Tell us about some of the cultural challenges that you face reaching the lost in Haiti. You know,
2: this is a very important question because in Haiti right now, there's this rise, I would say, of all kinds of teachers that are teaching all kind of things on on the air, so they have Facebook, they have YouTube, they have other kind of platform, online platforms, and they have TV and radio stations. So because of these opportunities, they put whatever they want. Yeah, on they the put air. whatever they want on the air. For example, we we have a Prosperity Gospel, and people are taxing uh their members yeah. on the radio and you listen to it on youtube and they put it live either on facebook youtube and other platform and thing right now in haiti they are teaching what we call a judaism a kind of judaism they say that haitians they are the true jews and we are yeah. from the tribe of, of Judah yeah we are from the tribe of judah this is what they are teaching and uh, so a lot of crazy things that they teach in uh, in the air so this is a burden for us when we listen to it and we see that many people are embracing their teachings so this thing encourages us to put some sound doctrine on air in order to give people option to truly be in connection with God's word.
1: Amen. So what kind of topics and biblical applications are you teaching on your station?
2: Um, We teach things mostly on the family. We we, we speak about the challenges that families are facing in the current society, such as homosexuality. Yeah, we, we, we talk about child abuse, We talk as well about how to have a strong relationship and the family, how the partners, they can serve each other better on the light of God's words. And also, we help couples to work on their relationship in order to cultivate intimacy. So a lot of things related mostly to counseling.
1: Do you feel you reach a certain target audience in Haiti age-wise?
2: um yes yes i think that the feedbacks they tell us a lot about the impact of what we are doing all kinds of people listen to our broadcast mostly evangelical leaders and the brothers and sisters at the churches and the students as well because we many of them send us messages and when we meet them on the street or either at the at church, the at the seminary as well. They tell us how they are being impacted by what we are preaching because we put something online as well, YouTube and Facebook. When, um, um, I remember when we were at Dallas and we were so tired that we said we want to be committed to our ministry. And one time we uh, recorded something and a pastor and... Far from the country, he is in the like countryside. So far, yeah, far and, from the capital. And he gathered the youth just to listen to us talking. So when he gave us the, this feedback, I felt encouraged because even if we were tired, but thankfully we did it, and now it is being helpful. Yes, yes. So they use it. They use it when some of them i remember one youth association leader told us that i had nothing to present to my young people today so i go and i listen to one of your presentations and i took notes and this is how i presented something and another one told us that he is collecting ideas about uh family family strengthening program he said that you will ask us to use to encourage families. So these are encouragements that we have and yeah, we think that forward.
1: Yeah, amen. It it sounds like it's not just informative, but it's being used by many other Christians as a yes. way to share the gospel and strengthen and teach them in maturity, Christian maturity. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, well, this is exciting. And, of course, many people have heard about the unrest and tragedy uh, in Haiti. Uh, We'll talk about that again next week when we rejoin the audience. Uh, God bless and all that have enjoyed listening to this broadcast, and we will hear from you again next week. Thank you.
3: Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. We appreciate the fact that you send in your support each month to help us to continue to stay on the airwaves. We're so thankful for people that send in prayer requests so that we can hear what's going on in your life and we pray for those requests as they come to us and we encourage you to continue to do that. This month, because it's Easter month, we're offering a wonderful pamphlet entitled The Easter Story. What this pamphlet does, it merges the accounts of Matthew and Luke, the major accounts of the Easter story, and it puts it in a chronological way of merging the two so that you have the one story from both texts. And it talks about the Last Supper, it talks about the trials. It talks about the crucifixion, talks about the death, talks about Christ rising from the dead on the third day. It's well illustrated with lots of pictures, beautiful pictures that sort of illustrate the text. And the thing that I thought was quite unique about this particular pamphlet is that it has an account of all the medical effects of Jesus' trauma and treatment on the cross, the different things that happened to him and how he suffered so much even before he got on the cross and then all the things that happened to him while he was on the cross. And so it's just a wonderful pamphlet that sort of talks about the Easter story. It's a wonderful thing to read as a believer in Christ and and worship this great God who died and rose from the dead, who paid the penalty for our sin, and who is alive today seated at the right hand of God the Father, and it's very uplifting. It also can be given away as a wonderful track who are unbelievers because it has a wonderful uh, gospel message with it as well. I encourage you to write in and get your copy of the Easter story, and you can do that by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R, 787 or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman and is centered around the prophecy, and I'm sure that you enjoy this message very much.
4: We have been discussing what is going on in the world, and in particular with the Jewish people, as to how close we are to the end-time events that are predicted in the Bible. Today, I would like us to begin at least a study about the Jewish temple Will there be another temple in Jerusalem? Are the Jewish people doing anything about it? Are they preparing for it? How does this fit into Bible prophecy concerning end-time events? We will look at these things and many others as we study this subject. To begin this study, we'll read 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-4. Now, brethren, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ has come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for this day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We learn from this passage of Scripture that in the last days the Antichrist will go into a rebuilt temple, Jewish temple, and declare himself to be God. We know from other portions of Scripture that this will occur halfway through the seven-year tribulation period. This leaves us with a question. Is there any sign that the Jewish people are getting ready to build this temple that the Antichrist will go in and declare himself to be God? Let me give you a little background information so you can decide for yourself if there's a movement to build the Third Temple. In their war for independence in 1948, the Jewish state was not able to take back all the city of Jerusalem. In the Six-Day War of June 1967, they were able to finally conquer the city and retake the Temple Mount. However, Defense Minister Moshe Dayan allowed the Arab Muslims to remain in control of it. They forbid the Jews to come on the mount to pray. Since that time, there have been many clashes over that decision. Since then, the Jewish people have celebrated Jerusalem Day each June, looking up with longing in their hearts to one day take what is rightfully theirs and build their third temple. Some of the men who have dedicated their lives to this cause are the very paratroopers who took the mount in 1967. Time and time again, the UN has refused to recognize their historical rights to that area. The Islamic claim to that mount, at best, only goes back to Muhammad around 600 A.D., while the Jewish roots go back to Abraham about 1900 B.C. As it stands today, the nation of Israel controls Jerusalem, but the Muslims control the Temple Mount. Jewish people and Christians can only visit the Temple Mount as tourists, They cannot enter the Dome of the Rock, pray, or show any religious activities on the Mount. The UN has reportedly opposed the Jewish people to have any rights to this area. This does not mean the Jewish people do not desire to build their temple there. We'll get into the details of this later. While this is true, on the other side of the picture... There's a growing fear among the Muslims that the Jews will take over the Temple Mount. Biblical evidence of a rebuilt temple in the last days is found in Revelation 11 1 8. The passage makes it very clear that there will be a rebuilt Jewish temple during the seven year tribulation period. Where will it be? In Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified. Once more, Scripture has made it very clear that there has to be a temple in Jerusalem at the time of the tribulation period. Our goal here is to try to determine if that temple could be built very soon. In Israel, one rabbi after another has been calling for the rebuilding of the temple. He pointed to Proverbs 21.1, which says, Like the channeled water is the mind of the king in Hashem, or that's God's hand, he directs it to whatever he wishes. Freed said, There have been amazing advances toward bringing the temple this year. It was clear that Trump was part of that process guided by Hashem by God. Now, if you still believe that the building of the third temple is way off in the distance, let me just share something with you. Every president has tried to build the legacy by forcing an unrealistic settlement in the area. Rebuilding the third temple would be your most ambitious project by far. The temple was a place that actually brought peace to the world. I realized that we might have a little problem with the Al-Aqsa Mosque, as well as the Dome of the Rock. Our modern technology will allow us to move these buildings to Mecca without causing damage to their ancient structure. As for the details as to how to do this construction, the Temple Institute is ready to assist. We believe that this temple will have been built before the seven-year tribulation begins. This is the only way the Antichrist can cause the sacrifices and offerings to cease and desecrate this temple by claiming himself to be God. We know that at the end of the tribulation period, Messiah will come back to the earth. However, while the Jewish people are looking for his first coming, we believe he came the first time 2,000 years ago. That time he came to go to the cross to pay the debt for our sins. The second time he will come to rule over the earth as king of kings and as Lord Of It is so sad to know that the Jewish people missed his first coming. As we see what is going on around us, how can we ever doubt that we are close to the end-time events? Another way that we know we're close to the end-time events is that there are various organizations working to prepare for the day when this third temple will be built. One such organization is the Temple Institute and the other is the Temple Mount in the Land of Israel Faithful Movement. I have personally visited the home of the first one. They have prepared all of the furnishings necessary for the operation of the temple, including the sacred vessels. They have produced them to the exact specifications of the Bible and out of the exact same materials, as those in the Bible. Today, if you visit their place, you will see videos of those articles, as they are worth a fortune and are safely stored. However, the first time I was there, I saw the actual furnishings, so I know for a fact that this is for real. Preparations for the temple. Services are all prepared and ready for use. They're just waiting and ready for the temple to rebuild. Another thing the Jewish people claim they need for the purification of a rebuilt temple is a red heifer. They take this from Numbers 19.2. They were to bring it to Eleazar the priest. It was to be sacrificed, and its blood sprinkled seven times before the tabernacle to cleanse it. For years, the religious Jews have been searching for a pure red heifer that could cleanse this third temple. I remember when they found one they thought would qualify, but it had one white hair, making it unfit. Thanks for the Temple Institute, they have just raised a perfect red heifer on one of their farms in Israel. So the stage is set that when the temple is rebuilt, they can richly purify it. Another line has been crossed in preparation for the end days that will soon come to pass. While the Jewish people have spent much time, effort, and money to breed cattle and get a purely red heifer, is there really any need for it? The writer of the book of Hebrews, puts it this way in chapter 9. But Christ came as the high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, He entered the most holy place once and for all, having having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through his eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. My friend, while the Jewish people are looking for a red heifer that they might be purified, God has already provided one who is better than any heifer. That one whose blood was poured out at Calvary can purify the hearts of sinful man While the Jewish people are looking for a cow, God has provided the only way a person can be purified through trusting in the perfect sacrifice of Jesus for their sins. Have you done that? Or are you looking for something else? By receiving Christ as your Savior, you can know that your sins are forgiven and you are cleansed from all unrighteousness. If you have never done that, my friend, my prayer is that you will do it right now.
0: I know the message you just heard will be a real blessing to you and trust that throughout this week that you can think about it and maybe apply some of the biblical truths to your own life. Here at Canada's National Bible, I'm really concerned about those who do listen to our broadcasts, and particularly those who do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. During this Easter season, we celebrate the work that Jesus did on the cross, and of course this is the the work that allowed us to have salvation because our sins were paid for. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so you have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to realize that Jesus, but the whole goal of his life was to go to that cross. And on the cross, he bore our sins in his own body as he hung on a tree. He actually took our place and he paid for the sins that you deserve to pay for because of the wrongdoing and the rebellion that you have in your own heart that I have in my own heart. And that rebellion and those sins were put on Jesus Christ. And he paid the penalty that I deserve for my own sin. He took that penalty for me and for you. And so he died, and on the third day he rose again and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. And because he's up there, he can hear our prayers. He loves us, he cares for us, he meets our needs. And if you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you'll become a new creation. Old things will pass away, behold, all things become new. That's a scriptural truth. And so if you would bow your head and ask Jesus to come into your life and pen your sins, tell him you're sorry for your sins, But, Lord, that we need a Savior. You need a Savior. And when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, He will. And you'll be a new creature in Jesus Christ. Don't forget to to write in and for your copy of the Easter story. To get your copy, you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 787. Or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And we ask that you continue to pray for this broadcast, and we pray that you would write in. I want to thank you for your prayers, and I trust that God will continue to bless us together as we continue to study God's Word, as we continue to try to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. May the Lord bless you throughout this next week.